Welcome to the Divine Download, friends, a place where we share stories of how ordinary people manifested extraordinary lives. I'm your host, Life Transformative Coach Rona Lalazari, and on this podcast, expect to learn from creators of incredibly real magic and also experts on the field in manifestation, law of attraction, and simply get together to learn the tools on how we can all download our greatest divine gifts and live lives that we can't wait to wake up for. Get ready to meet your best self. We've learned so much in our last two episodes on how to manifest, and now we go into the art of releasing the resistance that blocks the joy. We dig into the science of our brain and how we're addicted to stress and thereby resist the opportunity for joy. How do we break these negative cycles and rewire our brain for positivity? That's what you'll learn by the end of our episode today. The whole idea here, guys, is small changes, and I say this over and over and you'll hear it, small changes in your daily patterns can make the huge shifts in your life habits. Okay. Yes. Small changes in little in your patterns in your day-to-day life make huge shifts in the habits of your, your experience in this world. So I just want to review. We've gone through so many concepts. Let's just go over it, right? You are an extension of source energy. You are an extension of God. And this energy only wants goodness to flow through you. Okay, that is the only energy that is trying to get through to you. And it is you that is either allowing or not, right? We have this guidance system, our emotional guidance system that tells us if we are here or if we're here. So that's why it's so important. You know, we tell our kids like, you know, you should be in touch with your feelings. And then we get, you know, we grow up and we're like, oh, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't care what I'm thinking. I have to just do, I have to do, I have to get. No, we care because your feelings are going to tell you how close you are to your desires or how far away you are, right? So when you feel good, that is your indication that you are aligned. And when you don't feel good, it's our indication that we are not allowing, we're in resistance. So our emotions are very important and we don't brush them off. We we really, really pay attention to them. So again, there's nothing you can't be, do, or have. And I really want you guys walking away with that. Everything that you want to be, do, or have is within your reach. Your dominant intention is to feel good, right? That is what we are trying to do each and every day. Your goal from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep is to feel good, to feel happy. And it's completely reversed from what we know before because we felt before that it was like, okay, only I can feel good when I achieve X, Y, Z. We flip that equation. You will feel good. You will do, then you will achieve. But it starts with feeling good. That's your daily agenda, period, right? You are free in that you can choose your liberation or you choose bondage. And you are actually brain wiring, rewiring your brain, all right? Whether you're thinking of your past, present, or future, you're offering a vibration that equals your point of attraction. All right. So again, your vibration, what energy you're putting forward is where your point of attraction is. You're setting it here. This is what's going to come. You're setting it here. That's what's going to come. You set that right with your vibration. Well-being is the basis of your world. Only abundance and limitless goodness flows. The only question is if you're allowing it. All right. Only with a gentle heart can we shift from resisting to receiving. 
nothing that we do in this world of manifestation, law of attraction is with force. Everything is with a gentle heart, a gentle spirit. And that is, is key because we're working with ourselves. We're never fighting ourselves. And I really hope you guys walk away with that. All right. So now we're going to move on to some kind of mind-blowing, factual. We're getting a little scientific, okay? So where is the resistance coming from? Why do we resist joy? All right. And I'm going to read you guys this really eye-opening piece. I'm going to kind of skim through the important parts. But it's this idea of what cortisol is all about, what's going on in our brain. All right. So it's an article from the insider. I'm happy to link it if you guys want to read it. I'm just going to kind of go through the most important points. He says, I was fresh out of college, working full-time as a science teacher in an under-resourced school, completing my master's degree, all the while adjusting to life in New York City. As I'm reading, just think if this is something that you resonate with. Does this sound like you? Even during the summertime and winter break, moments of relaxation were few and far between. So a week ago, when my master's program and emotionally taxing job as a teacher came to a conclusion, I was really looking forward to having an unhurried week hiatus, okay? However, three days into my time off, I realized that something was wrong. I looked at moments of relaxation and downtime and wasn't enjoying any of it. Riddled with withdrawal-like symptoms, such as anxiety, increased appetite, and irritability, I mused on why I kept stepping into this hormonal paradox every time I tried to relax. Okay. Hard to relax. Anyone can relate to that? Do you guys have a hard time when you have like a downtime? You're like, wait, what am I supposed to do? How do I do that? Right? A Google inquisitor through and through, I decided to do some research and came across articles that struck a chord. Guilt may ruin your relaxation if you don't take it easy on yourself, was one of the articles. Watching TV to relieve stress can make you feel like a failure, was another article. That's when it hit me. Drawing from my knowledge of psychology and biology, I realized perhaps my restlessness was due to me being addicted to stress. Okay. Here's the crazy, mind-blowing piece, guys. And it changed everything for me when I read this research shows he wrote, he said, my name is King and I'm a stressaholic. And it turns out science is on my side. Research shows that cortisol known as the stress hormone can make a region in the brain become more sensitive to dopamine. Okay, guys, this is like mind blowing dopamine happy, right? It's the chemical that makes us happy. Cortisol stress. How are those together? right? What is he talking about? For type A, so for type A people like myself, embracing fast-paced environments can lend itself to unchecked cortisol levels, okay? And when these cortisol levels reach this high, this intensity in our brain, it actually causes dopamine to be released. So we get a high from the stress. And we think we enjoy the satisfaction of accomplishing these tasks, but that's not what's giving us the joy, you guys. It's the cortisol that was reaching these high levels and releasing the dopamine. It's fixating, it's getting our high from the stress that we're like, oh, okay, that felt good. And we want more and we want more 
and we want more. Your chronically stressed out brain can become dependent on the euphoric release of dopamine. So guess what we are, guys? We are addicts, okay? In other words, stress, as some experts put it, turns into an addiction. Now, what is pretty crazy, this article goes on and talks about, just like any addiction, what happens in your neurons and what happens in your brain, the more you have this cortisol, the more you build receptors for it. Just like an addiction to drugs, what happens? You need more. You have more receptors that are wanting more. And your brain's like, give me more. Give me more. I need more. I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to be here. I need to be there. This isn't enough. I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy. Right? So here we have this science to back up what's going on. We are actually getting a high. We're getting this dopamine release, not from something that's joyous, but just the fact of us having such a heightened stress and our stress receptors are growing. So we want more and we want, we need to fill it. And what happens when you give a drug addict, you take away the drugs. They get that withdrawal. Like, I need it. I need it. Somebody give me, give it, give it to me. I need it. So that's what happens when we're trying to have some downtime and we're trying to make these changes in our lives. And we're like, I'm going to live a more peaceful life in 2022. And when I see this and I'm like, guys, it doesn't just work that way because you announced it to the world. We have to rewire our brains to close those cortisol receptors and replace them right? With dopamine, with real dopamine, not the dopamine released from stress. So she says, so how do we do, what do we do when we're trying now with this newfound information? What can we do to allow us to enjoy downtime? And what these experts talk about is it's a matter of tricking your mind into thinking relaxation is just another task to be accomplished. Okay. So once it becomes an assignment, because our brains want that assignment. Give me something to do. I need a task. I need a task. We have to trick our minds into saying, hey, okay, you need a task. I know you need your cortisol fixed. Here's your task. Rona needs an hour. Rona needs an hour and that needs to be checked off. And you need to say to yourself, I am putting this on a checklist, just like I would handle any other task. You have to actually make yourself the assignment. It would be out of the realm of guilt and more into the realm of duty. So you're taking the whole guilt of, oh my God, I'm going to take an hour for myself, but I have my cortisol levels. I need to, I need to do, but now you're saying, oh, this is actually a duty. This is my task. I'm not going to feel guilty, but I am actually on my to-do list. And this is now a duty. Do you guys see that shift? Yeah. And Here's the final, the moral of the story. If you start feeling restless during your free time, simply remind yourself that this is another task you need to check off. That you being unproductive, you doing you time is another task to be checked off. All right. And that's what you're going to judge yourself on. You're going to say, did I take care of that task? So bottom line here, I'm going to review what this was all about. Cortisol is an addictive brain stress hormone. All right. We are addicted to it. The more stress creates more cortisol receptors, which crave more cortisol. You guys, it's a vicious cycle, right? 
stress-induced dopamine is released. So we talked about that. You're all of a sudden releasing this dopamine and you think you're so happy, but you're just happy because you're filling that addiction. All right. It's like a drug. Crazy concept. I want you guys to be aware of it. I want you just to keep it in your mind. Again, a big part of all of this is just being aware of what you're, what's going on in your brain. This is real, right? There's science. There's actual chemical releases in your brain from the way we're living our life. And it can be undone. That's the beauty of it. It can be undone, okay? The second part that I address with resistance is, is a really big one too. It's the ego, right? We hear the word ego. Oh, he's got such an ego. It's his ego. It's her ego. I'm going to tell you something that's going to be pretty mind-blowing. Your ego is actually your best friend, okay? And I'm going to explain what that is. Your brain craves what it knows, okay? So just like, you know, you see people who they get back into emotionally abusive or physically abusive relationships, your brain wants what it knows. Even if it's depression, desperation, anxiety, it will reach for comfort. Comfort is predictability, and that's what your brain wants. The ego is that voice of predictability. It's something I've learned in my quests in Judaism and spirituality and in this world of you know manifestation. Your ego and in Judaism, Yitzhar Hara, right? It's this force that we think is like our enemy and it's this outside force, it's the devil, whatever. It's actually a big part of you trying to protect yourself from failure because it craves the predictability. It says, Masa, don't go over there. You, you know already, you're, you're comfortable here. I know you're sad. I know you're crying. But remember, you've been doing this for the last year. It's something you know. Let's just stay here. It's safe. This is where understanding this aspect of your ego trying to save you from failure and from unpredictability helps you feel like you can actually work with it rather than having to fight it, okay? And in this realm, what we talk about with ego, there's a lot of self-sabotage, okay? The ego comes in and says, I want control. Like, I'll tell you guys a few examples. So in our last coaching studio, I had two people who were very um, set on a certain weight that they were trying to reach, right? A goal, they were working out, they were dieting, they were hitting this mark that they both said, I really am trying to get it to this weight. I've been trying the last five years to try to hit this weight, right? And every time I hit it, I go crazy, binge, and I gain, you know, 10 pounds back, right? I know we're, we're all laughing because we all have some realm of that. I know, guys, it could be with food. It could be with any uh, an accolade, something that you're reaching for. It could be so many things that you've, you've set a goal and you get there, okay? And tell me if you guys identify this. You get there and you get so scared of whether or not you can maintain that in your life that you want to throw in the towel and just quit. Okay. And that's called self-sabotage. That's your ego coming and saying, Hey, I know this is like really cool. You reached your goal and I know ha ha hoo hoo. But remember how you did that last time and it failed before you fail. Let's just within our control, we're going to end it here. Like, I'm just going to bring you back. Let's just give up. Don't wait for you to fail. Just give up now. Just drop it. Let's just get back to what we know. Okay. And that's self-sabotage. And it happens even when you're on this journey, your spiritual journey, where you're like, 
oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm at a great place. I'm manifesting. I'm happy every day. Guess what's going to happen? That voice is going to come and say, oh, but Miri, come on. You know, it's just going to take one thing for you to jump back. And that's going to try to self-sabotage you. Okay. So we have these two huge resistance forces. It's our stress cortisol. That's like, I want more. I want more. I want more. And then it's this ego. That's like, sit down, stop trying to improve your life. I want, let's be familiar. Those are two powerful forces. You guys that are going to work against you from going from I'm abundant. I'm ready to, Oh, maybe I can't, I can't. No, let me go back. So I want you to be aware of these two huge resistance forces. Okay. How to release the resistance part one. So the first part, the cortisol part. Okay. And we talked about, it's a matter of tricking your mind into thinking relaxation is just another task to be accomplished. So guys, it's really a daily practice that you tell your brain you are, imagine you are like a mechanic in in your engine and you have to really change the wires. You're like, oh, that wire needs to unplug and go to this side so that your car can start, right? You are rewiring your brain. So every day you're tricking your mind. You're saying, I am on the agenda. I am a task. My well-being is a task. We're so good at to-do lists, right? How many of you guys have like a master to-do list? You probably have 400 things today. And you're like, hurry up. I need to go. Yeah. Okay. When is the last time you like said Rona on that to-do list? When is the last time you put yourself? I want you on the top and not like guys, this is like self-help, bula bula. This is all nice and dandy. I'm going to go to the spa. No, this is your well-being is a task. At the end of the day, when you judge yourself, just like you do every night and you're like, oh, I didn't get to this. I didn't get to that. And I'm such a fit. The first thing you are going to judge yourself at the end of the night is your number one on that task was Did I take care of what I needed for myself, my 20-minute meditation? Did I do that? 10-minute journal writing? Every night you go to bed and you look at that to-do list, did you do the first check? Did you check off the first to-do, which was that one piece for yourself? Judge yourself on that. Okay. You ask, you're adding yourself on that, on that to-do list. Stress about finding joy. Your biggest stress should be, what, what did I do today to find joy? Did I do my joyous action today? Did I do my dance? Did I do my writing? That's what you should stress about, right? That way you're telling your brain there's still something it needs to conquer. So we, again, we're not fighting ourselves. We're not like, oh, I'm going to fight this cortisol. No, we're telling ourselves, okay, cortisol, I know you're there. I know I need to fill you with something because you're going to want to do something, right? You guys see how we're not trying to change ourselves? We're working with the way our brain works. We're working with our tendencies and we're just saying, okay, you want something to stress about? Stress about me being happy. Conquer that task. And the next thing is that the good news in all of this, you guys, is guess what else is addictive? Dopamine. And that's our saving grace because when we tap into that joy and we're like, oh, I'm actually happy because I'm doing things that serve me, not because I'm running through a to-do list and I'm getting high off of that, but I'm journaling and I'm walking into, again, I use coffee. You guys can tell I'm obsessed. I walk into my coffee shop, even though I knew I was maybe going to be late for other things I have to do, but I put me first. And that's going to be another fuel for more dopamine and more dopamine receptors. So you get to replace the cortisol receptors with dopamine receptors and your body's going to be like, give me more. I want to feel that again. Oh, that felt good. I want more. I want more. I want more. 
You guys, if we set goals that are not realistic, this is all going to fail. How many times we start our year, we're like, I'm going to do this and it doesn't work. Work within what you know you are capable of and how your body works. You do to-do lists, keep those, but add yourself to the top. Yes, I love that. So this is why yesterday I, I had us do that whole gratitude and what makes us happy because that is where the dopamine piece and why we do this gratitude journal, this is where you're going to go to to replace those cortisol receptors. It's all those things that we said. We love our tea. We love our time with our friends. We love whatever is in that book, the positive aspect notebook is where you're going to go to to replace the cortisol. So you guys already have the tool, Right. Keep it as a daily practice. Keep that as your anchor back to, okay, I'm going to replace this. I'm going to go and I'm going to put all those things I love, right? Just like you said, Master, I'm going to add those things right now to my to-do so I can still get that check, right? With the cortisol, but I'm replacing all of it with dopamine and I'm getting real dopamine, things that really make me happy. Okay, so that's where you have that your Bible, right? That is your, that is your Bible. And this piece is the next page. It's tackling the ego. So that's the second part of, of the resistance, right? It's what can we do to actually address this ego? And this is where you guys have to, again, it's that being gentle. It's that Remember, I told you guys how my daughter was telling me she's having these difficult feelings. And I said, Okay, invite the feeling in. Say you're welcome to come. I see you. You're here. Grab a seat in the back. I'm driving today. I know you think you need to drive. We've been here before. I can do this. But you're welcome to hang out, right? Like how different is that than, oh, but oh, that feeling is here again. A feeling is here and I got to fight it. And I thought I was so much better. I did, I did Rona Summit. I, I'm so evolved. Why am I still thinking? Because you're going to feel you're going to feel right. And that ego isn't going anywhere guys. And if you, if you do study, you know, spirituality and mysticism and Torah, there's so much about how the stronger you are, the stronger your Yitzhahara is, it grows with you. And the stronger your ego is, your ego is the same. It's, it's, we're all talking the same, just different words. Okay. So it's trying to, like we said, it's not there to hurt you. Imagine it like a helicopter parent. Okay overprotective and doesn't just let you be in your flow. You know, you see kids, I swear I noticed it because I have friends who are like super overprotective and I'm, my parenting style is very much like let kids be kids. Okay. My house is not like very expensive furniture. I let them, you know, there's a spill, there's a spill and there's like scratches on the wall. There's scratches on the wall. Cause I'm like, I want them to be free, let them flow. Right. But you see those parents that are like, oh, don't, but they and you're like, okay, like, that's the overprotect. That is your ego. Okay. I want you to see your ego as that parent that cares for you, right? That parent loves their kid just as much as I do, right? They just don't want them to get hurt. And that's when I understood this in my journey of like, oh, so you're really just trying to help me. Okay. I don't have to fight you. I can just reassure you, right? So the first step is we're going to basically cut the umbilical cord. We're going to say, all right, like mom, ego, dad, you know, whatever image you like. I like to have this parent because it helps me just visualize it. Um, I'm going to cut the cord. We're going to, we're going to be okay. I'm going to cut the cord. So the first thing is you acknowledge, I call these the three A's. 
um, you acknowledge, right? So you recognize when the ego is here and you're going to notice it in your resistance to something new. Um, it could be something, guys, it's sometimes it's something really small, right? It's like my husband and I, we went to um, Pismo Beach a couple weeks ago for an adult getaway. We didn't take the kids. And, you know, he he gets like adventurous on, on trips. And he um, was like, let's go bike riding. We were walking like on this beautiful path by the ocean. And there was a place to just like, you know, with your credit card, you rent a bike. And I'm like, oh, like, I just had this whole other vision. I'm like, we're going to walk. It'll be beautiful. I'll get a cup of coffee. And I was like, oh, Rona, this is your resistance to something new. Like, I don't rent bikes. I don't really go bike riding. It's not my thing. But he's like, let's do it. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to just dive into it. I'm going to lean into this. I see what's going on. This is resistance. Okay. So I'll tell you guys what happened. But I acknowledged it first. I was like, okay, this is resistance. Here it is. The second is allowing, right? Thank you, ego. Don't judge it or try to fight it away. Guys, this is so big. If nothing else, and you literally just walk away saying, I am not going to judge my feelings or my resistance anymore. I'm going to recognize it, see that it's trying to tell me something and grow from it and see where I can go, what direction I want to go in. It's everything, right? So you're going to reassure your ego. Hey, you know what? Ego, I know you're worried. I don't ride bikes often. I was looking forward to that cup of coffee. That's my comfort. I get it. God, I'm addicted to coffee, guys. I, I'm just realizing how much I'm obsessed with coffee. I got it. I'm I'm gonna be okay. I, I'm with my husband. You know what's the worst that could happen? We have helmets. We're we're in you know established part of the world. I'll be okay, right? That's the part that's huge. Where you're allowing this voice, this resistance. You're saying, "I see you. I'm allowing you to be here." Okay, I'm, I'm gentle with you. And I'm just going to tell you that I got this, right? And the next thing is you're adjusting. So third, third A is adjust, where you're going to choose to focus on something else. You're adjusting your focus, right? So you're going to choose your flow. You're going to say, I know the ego is here. I allow it to be here. But I'm going to choose a different feeling, a place where I'm going to tap into flow and abundance versus predictability. Okay. And I'm going to search for a better feeling. So here with like the bike, I was searching for a better place. And I said, you know what? This is so special. I'm here with him. I don't have my kids here. There's like a beautiful ocean. The weather's amazing. I love doing things that are like out of my comfort zone. That's where I was able to adjust. So my focus went from, oh my gosh, I don't want to like, Hey, like step outside for a minute and, and look around. Like you're blessed, right? And that's where we can go back always to that positive notebook where you can pull those low resistance. That's why we did that whole exercise. When you're in this moment where you're you've got this heavy resistance, you've got this ego, you've got the stress, you need to be able to go to a place where you can tap into a feeling that is so easily accessible. And that's what the whole low resistance means. There's no resistance when you think of it. It immediately can take you to a better place. And that's why here you plug that in and you're golden. This is where your meditation is, is huge, you guys, because the daily practice of this is what will allow you to make that shift smoother. And it's like a daily five minute, 10 minutes, Make it a point, even if you are sitting, 
and you are still, it took me so long to accept this. And I mean it, it took me like four years of learning these theories. And I was like, meditation for me is really hard. And that's why I really am I'm struggling to even find a different word for it. I think just being in, in a state of pause for five to 10 minutes every day allows you to make those shifts because you're allowing yourself to tap into your true strength, your true core. And that's when everything else is quiet and it's just you. It amplifies your insides and, and, and shuts out the outsides. That's why, that's why this whole being in pause is so important. Make it a daily practice and you will be able to make that shift. You will. I really advise waking up 10 minutes before the rest of your family. Because the way you start your day is key. And we wake up and we're like, oh, hitting the snooze button. The kids are up. This is, where's your shoe? Where's your hat? I told you to put your homework away. To start that with 10 minutes of you just saying, okay, I'm here. I am aware. I am love. I am capable. I am strong. I am all the things that you are to start your day in just pause to hear yourself. And it doesn't have to be a fancy thing. It doesn't, I can work with you. We can talk more about like what works for you, but it could literally be closing your eyes and just breathing for 10 minutes. It's, it's as, as simple as that. Don't make it complicated because that just, that stillness allows you pause throughout the day. You create a space where you can channel that moment to just, okay, go back, Rona. Where do I need to be right now? Okay. Okay, I see. I see what's going on. It's this real connection to yourself. And we don't know ourselves. We have no idea how to reconnect to this person because we haven't done it, right? Sit still with yourself. Learn who you are, right? Hear that voice inside you so that you can just instantly, oh, okay, I need that. I need to be back in that space. And then you have it. Again, guys, this is a journey you know, and it, it has to be a commitment, a daily commitment, or just, it's in, it's all in vain, but it's, it's so powerful when you get to this point, um, because it becomes this knee jerk reaction. It's, it's like a new second, second language you're learning. You're learning how to truly allow yourself to, to connect so deeply with your powers. It, it's, it's the most liberating place to, to live. And I really, I hope you guys are getting a taste of it. I'm going to go over how you become a receiver, right? We talked kind of some of the ideas about the ego and the cortisol. I want you guys to remember these four powerful habits receivers have. Okay. So once you start working on this idea of like, all right, I'm going to address my resistance. I'm going to focus more on how to be this person that can accept all the goodness Here's what a resistor looks, I mean, a receiver looks like. These are their, their habits that you will cultivate with this practice. Acknowledge when your knee-jerk reaction is to resist something, right? It's that first step. It's awareness. It's everything. It's like, okay, here it is, right? And knowing that it's here is so empowering where you're not like swept away and you're like, what was that, right? You're looking at it straight in the face and you're like, oh, that's resist. That's what Rona was talking about, the resistance. Okay. I see you, right? It's empowering to stop and say, I see you. It's kind of like the ball's now in your court. All right, all right, I'm here. Show me what you got, right? 
And notice how you shut down or shy away from the possibility of abundance. Okay. So I was telling you guys the bike story, right? So we go on this trip, my husband and I, no kids, we were walking on the boardwalk, beautiful coastline. I wanted to walk. He saw the bikes. He's like, let's rent bikes. And I'm like, the hassle, right? Just the hassle, the hassle, the anxiety, like riding a bike streets. I don't know. Is there a bike path here? I like to have plans. I'm not like the most go with the flow person. And it was just threw me off. So I said, okay, this is my resistance, right? The second part is lean into what you're resisting. Now, this will work so well for us, the go-getters here, right? You guys are a group of go-getters. You guys are like accomplished. You're, there's a reason you're all here. You want to accomplish more. You want to get to the better version of yourself, right? We're all high-functioning adults here. And if you can tackle this as a challenge, right? Just like the other challenges you've overcome and say, okay, I see this is my resistance. I'm going to do it because I'm challenged. I'm taking this up. I'm taking you up on your challenge, Mr. Ego. I'm, I'm taking you up my resistance. Let's go. Let's go. And I literally remember I said that to myself. I was like, okay, resistance, that's you. I'm taking you up. I'm taking you up on your offer. I'm going to go. We're going to get me that bike. I want a bike, right? <laughs> so I get on this bike and I will tell you guys the craziest thing that happened. We rode this bike. So my husband proposed in Pismo where we went um, for this little getaway. Some 13 years ago, he proposed. And we took these bikes and we just rode the bikes and we just went and we saw so many beautiful things. There was a surfing competition. I posted about it where Israelis won. It was an Paralympic surfing competition. Okay. And out of nowhere, I see this Israeli flag. I see these five people from Israel who were there to compete in this world Olympics for surfing. And they don't have like some of them missing limbs, missing legs. It was like the most inspiring thing to see. And Israel out of all countries took home the medal. Right. And it was just like, I wouldn't have gotten there. First of all, if we didn't get the bikes because it was far away. So first thing I was like, wow, what a blessing that we got on these bikes. Cause I just saw something mind blowing. And if you haven't seen on my Instagram, I interviewed the guy that won who has a few different disabilities and it's just remarkable. Anyway, we kept taking the bikes. We kept taking the bikes and we just went and it was so like relieving. And I was like, yeah, I got this. Look at me. I was going to stop and I didn't. And I jumped into my resistance, right? We go to this point where we were both like really hungry. We're trying to find dinner reservations. There was nothing available. The only reservation my husband could find was like a four o'clock. And we were on these bikes and we're like, we're going to eat dinner at four. And it turned out we were in that area anyway. I was like, you know what? We didn't really have lunch. Let's just go have like early dinner, late lunch. Again, with our bikes, right? Pull into this restaurant, sit down. I'm like, babe, we've been here before. Like, What are you talking about? And we haven't been here since he proposed. And I was like, we've been to this restaurant. He's like, no way. And I was like, I think when you proposed, we came here to eat. And he's like, impossible. I remember exactly. And he pulls out a picture from... The, the day he proposed and we're sitting at a restaurant and the furniture was completely different. You guys, it was like, it had booths. This place was like nice tables. It had like, you know, this, this place had gorgeous fixtures. The other place looked like it was like a Chuck E. Cheese, like lighting. Right. And I'm like, I feel the energy. I was sitting right here. And then the, the waitress comes and I said, you know, do you mind, um, bringing somebody here that might've been working here 13 years ago? She's like, actually the bartender has been here. He comes over and I was like, can you tell me? And I show him the picture. Did this restaurant ever look like this? Okay. And he goes, 
Yeah. Actually, where you're sitting is exactly where this picture was taken. We just went through three different management companies and this is the last version and we changed everything. If you look at this picture, you guys, I did a side-by-side. The window behind me is exactly the window of the... uh, Yeah. Wow. Of the picture that the day that he proposed. And I was sitting in the same... There's The exit sign is the same and the shape of the window. And I'm like, oh my God. And I turned to him and I'm like, hyperventilating. And I was like thinking in my head, had I not leaned into this like resistance, right? If I didn't say, you know what universe, I'm ready. I'm ready. I wouldn't have ended up in this place of unbelievable abundance. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're sitting here where where we went to 13 years ago. Literally, if you guys can email me, text me, I'm going to send you this picture that I did a side by side. It's mind blowing. And, And the fact that we're sitting at the same spot, huh? So my point is lean into this resistance because you have no idea what is on the other end. There is abundance. There is a tremendous abundance when we just say, all right, I'm going to take it on. I'm going to take it on because it's a challenge, right? Not in spite of it, but because. And the third part of uh, being a receiver, another thing that's hard, how hard is it for you guys to ask for help? If you would rather show up with your knees bleeding and your elbows scraped at pickup because you don't want to ask somebody to to help you. Yeah. We're going to change that around. We're going to practice getting uncomfortable with asking people for help. We're going to ask our friends to pick up our kids. We're going to ask our friends to, you know, come out with us when we need a, a minute to grab a coffee because we just need someone to talk to. We're going to ask a friend who's going to the grocery store, grab me a milk just to save me 45 minutes that I would rather spend on myself today. Okay. You have to practice this daily. We talked about little daily changes in habits, right? In in your patterns, you're practicing this muscle of releasing. Okay. You're, you're resisting. You don't want to ask for help, but the more you do, the more you allow yourself to receive from others, the more you allow yourself to receive from the universe. Shed that shame, shed that guilt, shed that sense that you have to do it all and allow people to do for you. This is a muscle to practice. This is a big muscle to practice. Forget the joy you get to like spend 20 minutes with yourself because somebody's going to pick up your kid. What about the joy you just gave them, the fulfillment that you gave them to give something to somebody today? Guys, that's that's human like desire right? That connectivity that I got your back, you got mine. It works both ways. Let people give. You know, what's one thing I really want you guys to work on? Let people give you compliments. How uncomfortable do you get when someone's like, oh, you look so pretty. And you're like, oh my God, but really, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, my hair out of my mate. Shut up. Sorry. Okay. Shut up and let them compliment you. Take five seconds and don't even respond. Do like a, thank you. And don't even feel like you have to say, oh, you too. Oh my God, but really look who's talking. No, receive. How annoying is it to give a compliment and somebody's like, no, no, no. And you're like, could you just say thank you? Like, I, I mean it. I, I spent like 10 seconds of my breath talking to you and telling you something nice. Just take it, please. Right? Take the compliment. Say thank you. Say thank you. And just shut up. You don't even have to compliment them back. Just shut up. (laughs) Okay. 
All right. This fourth piece is, is really big, you guys. It's huge. And we're all big girls here. Exercise your feminine power of receiving. Okay. Allow your husband to please you. Okay. This is, we're not going to get into like, you know, Kala classes, guys. I'm not going to get talk about the, you know, all of those joys of marital harmony. Let him please you. Okay. And make sure you are pleased because that is your strongest feminine power unleashed. That is, you want to talk about flow? It's in that space. And that, wow, does it snowball into everything else we do. If you're not tapping into that flow in your marital life, you have so much power that you're not unleashing. If you don't feel this way, what are you missing out on? And that's what I want you guys to think is not, can I afford it? Is is this going to make sense? What will happen if you don't do it? What will happen if you don't make these practices a daily, you know, absolute patterns that are happening, changing in your life? How much are you going to look back next year and look back and say all the things you wanted to do, all the joy you're missing out on, all the experiences you're missing out on, if every day doesn't feel this good? You guys, I've lived my a lot of my life in a state of trying to make people happy, right? A people pleaser. Those, some of you here know me from my childhood. Some of you guys have just gotten to know me. One of the things that gave me the most anxiety that really brought me on this journey was trying to make everyone happy, right? And if that resonates with you, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm here. This is, this is where I am because it was not until I realized I'm not here to make everyone happy. I'm here to find my happiness and share that, that gift, right? That we talked about is unleashed only when you are happy. I'm here to share those gifts with the world and with whoever wants it, whoever is here for it. I'm not here to get everybody on my bus. You know, in, in college, I had a really dark stage of, I was overwhelmed beyond. I was very much overwhelmed, didn't know what I wanted to do. And I literally shut down. Okay. I remember going to a very famous therapist at that point, And he said to me, you feel like you are a bus driver and you need to take everyone with you on your bus. You got to pick this one up. You got to pick that one up and you got to go there and you got to go there. And you just have to take, you got to deliver everyone to where they need to go. And I'm, this is what, like 20 something years later. And I still think about that because I realized through this journey, I'm not a bus driver. And I get to actually take my bus to where I need to go. And if you want to jump on, I'm more than happy to take you. Come on this journey with me, right? Which is so different than the anxiety that I got to make everyone happy. I got to make everyone happy. No, I got to know where my bus is going. And once I figured that out, the world opened, right? Because now I have real talents and real gifts I want to share with people. And that's what I want you guys to experience. I want you to realize all the things that we're talking about, about the joy and tapping in. It's not a selfish, I'm just going to lay out poolside and sip my, you know, margarita. The point of your joy is to share your true gifts with people and to stop trying to please everyone and stop trying to overwhelm yourself with all the things that everyone expects of you. What is expected of you is for you to be your absolute truest self and to call in your most divine gifts. That's it. Reach out, 
I adore you guys. And um, let's, let's continue the magic. Here are the highlights and key takeaways from today's episode. Cortisol is an addictive brain stress hormone. More stress causes more receptors and a greater need for that stress. We need to trick our addicted mind, take on the task of self-care. Put yourself on the checklist to allow that abundance to flow through. Key takeaway is your biggest stress should be in finding joy daily. Do so by activating your three A's to overcome resistance. Acknowledge, allow, and adjust to find a better feeling. Till next time, I am your host, Rona Lalazari, and this is in the Divine Download. Looking for more? Find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Rona Lalazari.